still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, who predictably found himself at the wreck again on Saturday and predictably Tom saw us falling to another defeat. Good to see you. How are you? Good, mate. Yeah, totting up quite a, a, a tally of European points against us over the last the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't resist. It was it was set fair for a for a nice day in Bath, and um, yeah, obviously <laughs> another another sixty plus points that I've been there to witness. Um, nearly a seventy one. If they'd managed to get another converted try, it would have been the third seventy one of so the season, which would, been, which would have been quite something, and yeah, certainly would have broken a record, but. 71 was just so in play it almost felt inevitable that they were they were going to score again at the end but yeah of course Bath falling to a 64 points to 7 defeat at home to to Leinster um, which we will talk about on this podcast Tom of course before looking ahead to the Harlequins game on Friday night at the Wreck um, also talking about the number 8 the latest number 8 to join Bath and, and where we stand on, on that short-term signing. Before we get into all that, I will just ask you, as I do normally at the end of the podcast, but I've, uh, been, I've remembered to do it at the start, please do subscribe at Bath Rugby Plug wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I assume it's wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know where other people get their podcasts, but I can get it where I get my podcast. You can get it where you get your podcast, Tom. So I'm assuming oh. you, the listener... And that, that, counts, that counts for the two two listens a week, then, mate. <laughs> yeah. That, how, often, how, often, how, often, how often do you listen to yourself back? Rarely. Yeah, I, I reckon... probably that, that probably you know explains the product that we're putting out here. I yeah. think if you enjoy, I think if you enjoy the sound of your own voice, you're a bit of a sociopath, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think I think it is a good idea to to. I mean, you know, we're kind of pulling back the car. I think it is a good idea to listen back to it because you can hear it improving. But yeah, I think the ones where we do interviews, I, I will listen back to them, and sometimes I will listen back to it if um, if, if the podcast that, that I listen to, if I'm, I've got a lot of commuting to do, it might it might somehow find its way towards the bottom. But yeah, way to sell it. Get to the bottom of your podcast list. I think I think you're not alone on that one, Jay. <laughs> yeah so please do i you know it's mcconaughey it's where mcconaughey gets his podcast you can get it there as well a joma where he gets his podcast you can get it there as well so i'm assuming if you're listening of course but please do share it with your friends wherever they get their podcasts and follow us on twitter at bath rugby plug gone a little bit quiet on the other socials uh recently tom but twitter certainly you can find us and um yeah come for my ranting about BT Sport and stay for Tom's over-sentimental tweet at the end of the game saying that it's all not going to be too bad. Well, and, and jo- you've got to add Josh Matavesi to that, to that list, a uh, friend of the podcast, and he's, he's carried on listening, I think, since he moved out to Japan. He was in touch over the weekend, weighing into the debate about how many layers to, to wear under the bath shirt. I went, for, I went for a solid four, I think it was, in the end. And I, I, I thought I looked about 115 to 120 kilos. He said he said that was light for him these days. So <laughs> he's clearly he's clearly enjoying the the sushi and whatnot out in out in Japan. So all, all the best to him as well. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to make a comment on that. You know, I was already in Josh's bad books from from any listeners of podcasts as a bar player. Great to to hear from you over the weekend, Josh and Tom. How how was the wreck as we move into to the game on Saturday? How did you find the experience under your under your five layers? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I could I could I could barely move. So I was, I was you know I was, I was kind of looking look, looking straight, could barely turn my neck. But it was it was no, it was fun. You only need you to know, turn your neck one way each half. <laughs> yeah exactly it was uh you know I, I think the first thing I'd say is fair fair play to, to to bar fans you know I mean it was unlike other clubs we see in the the premiership who are doing a lot better than us it was still a packed house you know 13,700 or something were were in there there's there's no um fire exit drill five minutes before the end despite the the scoreline people aren't you know flooding out of the stands to to to, to get home People stay around to, to clap the players, to interact with the, the players after. So, you know, it's, it's obviously very tough times as we'll come on to. But if, if that's not kind of pro- what proper supporters do, then, then I don't know what is. One, one minor gripe from, from the day, it was that it was, it was an absolute shambles getting into the ground. I mean, I, I don't know if others who, who went experienced the same thing, but, you know, I was waiting a good 20, 25 minutes just to get into that 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 Riverside Gate, they were taking. They were hugely understaffed. There were massive queues. We almost missed kickoff, despite sort of turning up turning up decently early. So that needs to be sorted out because you know I know it's it's not the easiest round there by by the river, but it was it yeah it was it was a bit of a shambles to be honest. <laughs> That's it. We're we're here, you know we throw the forwards coach under the bus one week. We'll throw the head coach under the bus another week. Tom's just throwing the head of operations of Bath just under the bus straight off the bat. Well, it was more the stewards. I think it's Stuart Hooper was, you know, he's he's not doing much. He could he 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 could help out, I think. <laughs> Stuart Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting you say about, about the atmosphere, Tom, because you know, I chose to watch this game on channel four. It was on free to air telly. Um and, and you've told me off in the week that I'm not allowed to go on on rants about product about BT and about production. So I'm not gonna go into that too much. But they seem to make it out like it was an unusually incredible atmosphere at the rec on Saturday. And I don't know whether that was because, A, they're not normally there, or B, because they were trying to sell the game to, obviously, what would be a new audience. But they seemed to make out that even when we were really struggling in that second half, the atmosphere was was kind of almost second to none. I'm, I'm not sure if that's how... It, on, on telly, it sounded good. It didn't sound kind of as what the, the Channel 4 team were making it out to be. What was it like in the ground? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was slightly better. You know, I mean, we... We talk a lot about how good the rec experience is and location and, and and all that kind of thing. If we're being completely honest, at times over the last few seasons, the rec has has been pretty silent and you know has felt a little bit a little bit like what was the football center library um, at, 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 at times. I think I I think that potentially the mood has changed a little bit over the last month or two from perhaps a hundred percent pure and utter frustration to use the the f word that you used to used to try out every every episode a few seasons ago to at least a, a kind of small percentage of probably optimism and maybe hope about the future and i think that's that's mainly mainly centered around the, the kind of the kind of changes that, that are being made it feels like there's an end in sight to the current regime and also Obviously, the the young guys that that continue to step up. So I think that's probably a fair assessment. I mean, I'm not going to pretend it was rocking when Leinster were were piling on the tries, particularly in that second half. But I feel like there was there was there was a decent buzz, decent buzz around the rack. 
I wonder if it's optimism or whether it's just we've got to a state now where it's a state of acceptance and this is what we are. We're going to get pumped by Leinster, but let's go. Let's still have a good time. And if we do score, it's fantastic. You know, <clears throat> I can't say when we were cheering the tries in, in the in the fog in La Rochelle, we were optimistic. We were just happy to see us score because we're crap at rugby. I think it, I think, you know, I spoke to a, a fair few fans that I was, I was, I was, I was sitting around and the, the, the feeling was very much, this is, this is shocking. This is unacceptable, but it's all going to be different next year. And that's probably piling the pressure much too hard on, on Van Gran and co. But I, I, I do think people to a degree, particularly with no relegation are kind of writing off this season as a bit of a, let's forget about this. Let's try and get stuff in place as much as possible for next season. And let's, let's, let's kind of write this off as, 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 as a terrible season to forget. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I think, I think the atmosphere certainly has, has, has swung. I think there was definitely a lot of anger, wasn't there at the start of the season. And, and for me now it's, it is almost one of, this is what it is, but, but, but this is potentially rock bottom, although rock bottom does seem to be getting further and further deeper every week. Started okay though, you know. I thought Tom four penalties. I, I believe we got in the first twenty minutes, um, but it was inevitable that we we weren't going to make those chances count. It felt like, and, and 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 Leinster on the other hand, of course, even themselves weren't very clinical for their own standards, but were far more clinical than Bath. And to me, it was a side that that was organised, knew what they were doing against against the side. Tom, when we get into the the twenty two, our lineup doesn't know what they're doing. They're so they're so disorganised. And when we go through phases round the corner, the, the forward pack, it's like it's like eight players that that have never played together. And whilst we've had a number of injuries, I thought despite having a lot of territory and possession, that was almost as big a um, kind of indicator of, of, of a poorly coached side that first 20 minutes because we just were unable to, to have any cohesion as a forward pack and, and get over the line and, and despite the, the, the opportunities that Leinster and the referee gave us. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was a classic case of we've, script, we've seen that script before, you know, four lineouts inside the, the 22, four entries, I think, you know, um, overall in that first 10, 15 minutes to the to four separate entries to the, to the 22. But it, it never really felt like we were, we were that close you know, Leinster soaked it up and it, it felt like they were taking our best licks, dealing with it. I mean, I wouldn't say comfortably. I think we, we looked bright. We had a couple of breaks down the left-hand side, but I never felt that we were going to, we were going to, you know, do do anything close to, to to kind of putting a dent in their confidence or knocking them off their stride. And, and as you say, they, they soaked it up and then it, it felt inevitable that they were, they were going to, they were going to make hay. And I, you know, I would just caveat this whole discussion with the fact that, I think throughout a lot of this competition and it's accentuated by the fact that you've got one of the best teams in the competition against one of the worst teams in the competition in, in their respective leagues. But it does seem to be a complete mismatch between the, not only the availability, the injury availability, but also just the freshness and the, the fitness as well of, of these, these Irish and French teams against these, these, these English teams. And it boils down to a, a difference in quality, difference in skill. Don't get me wrong. But also the the schedule that these guys in the Premiership are that, that's demanded of them, playing every week, playing midweek games as well. We're, we're we're struggling with injuries, and you compare that to Leinster, who regularly field completely second string 
sides in the URC. They've got a much, much deeper squad than us, 50, 55, even 60 players that they will they will rotate through. We're sat there on 42 senior senior players and, and dipping into our academy every game. So I, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not pretending that, you know, there's not a massive goal from class. I'm not pretending that there's things that we can be very critical of of Bath, but I also have some sympathy for them because you know, we've seen it in other games. Wasp's Monster was another example this weekend. The, the, just the, the difference in in freshness in this competition, I think, is I think is it's remarkable. Mm. Yeah, but Bath certainly weren't helped in that first half when to lose Underhill and and Bayless. Yeah, well, our only two back rowers, really. If yeah, we're being honest. Wow, well, our only two mobile forwards for sure. And the first I'm half was. Trying... Sorry, Tom, go on. Well, I was saying, apart from Jack Detroit and Charlie, yours as he showed. Inside. The, the, you know, I think Leinster, that, that first half turned into to, to quite chaotic, fast-paced at times. Leinster trying to get the ball wide against this, this Bath defence that, that seemed to be trying to rush up um, and then trying to get to the edge and not quite doing it. And the ball was, was flying about the pitch quite a lot. Um, but that just led to... to the Bath forwards without the two fittest guys in in that four pack losing Bayless losing Underhill back to back in 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 the space of about a minute and then the first lengths to try almost immediately followed that and that that was such a difficult thing for us to come back to because to be quite frank the, the forwards that were left on the pitch for Bath aren't fit enough they're not mobile enough and Leinster completely outclassed them in, in, in almost every department you know at times the defence in the second half was, was just embarrassing. Like you could see the forwards were just completely out on their feet, even, even on the 30, you know, even just before half time, they, you know, they were sucking the big ones, walking to the line out, you know, trudging to the line out. Whereas Leinster every time were just so much quicker, so much fitter. And there were stages of play when Leinster would pick the ball up from the ruck and there'd be almost nobody from, from the Bath ball pack in front of them. Because they're all just either honey potting around the, the the ruck, or they were just not not up with play. Um, and I thought that was massively exposed on on Saturday. You know, a pack without its two most mobile forwards were unable to to keep up to keep up with them. Yeah, without without its 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 two out and out back rowers in in Bayless and Underhill, and as you say, the most most mobile defenders. But and I agree, it was it was a mismatch, particularly as we got into that that second half. But. Again, we, we should say that it's it is unfortunate, it's unlucky, it's whatever you want to call it, that we do pick up those injuries. And ultimately play it meant that players were playing out of position. I mean, you, you, you can call you can call that they may not be mobile, they may need they may need to work on their fitness, maybe they're overtired, as I say, the schedules, the schedules, the schedules horrendous, and Leinster ran them ragged, and we're a much, much better side. But ultimately, I think what the back row fairly early on in the game was Charlie Yules at six. I mean, when have we ever seen him play six? He's a he's an out and out big second row. Williams at seven, I mean he's a six at at best, six or second row. So him him having to play seven against that that incredibly skillful Leinster back line, he's he's not going to have the pace to get across. And then Ellis at eight, again, we've we've never seen, I don't think, Ellis play eight at all. What's he maybe sixth or seventh number eight if you were to go through the back row, maybe I think seventh choice number eight in the in the squad and then we had what was it what was it later on Tom Dowerty had to come on and play flanker we had then Caldwell come on for Mike Williams when he then picked up an injury later on or was it sorry it was uh, Will Spencer wasn't it I think so you know I, I, I agree I think 
I think we 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 can be critical of the defence again. But I, I I also do I also do feel you know I also do think we should make the point that these guys are being asked to play out of position, having already been run ragged for the past few weeks and months. We're at the, our wits end in terms of injuries and depletion, and Leinster are full strength, fresh, mm. and it, it's it's it is lamb it is lambs to the slaughters. And I would say you know you mentioned the second half. I think there was a period in that first half, probably bef- it was before I think they'd scored once, so it was before that. Um, Josh van der Fleer trying to the sticks um, in midfield. And I thought that you know, they, they were sort of playing in front of where we were sitting. And I thought we were, we were fronting up really well on our first phase, to the first receiver either side of the, 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 the breakdown. As you say, we were flying out the line. We were putting in some massive hits. I mean, Williams, Ellis, Yules, McNally were, knock, were knocking the, the guys back. And you could... It's something that you you know you you you, you realise more when you're you're there than on TV. But there's some of the sounds that the collisions were making, and they were driving these guys Irish internationals back. And I thought, you know, fair play. We're not showing much else here, but we're showing a good deal of heart and and courage. And then as soon as the ball gets shifted into the the 15 meter or the wider channel, as we've seen all season, we've got we've got nothing. So we can defend four, five, six phases. But the moment they they try something different, wrap it around the back. It's it's all too easy, and I think that must be so demoralised if you're if 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 you're if you're put, if you're if you're working that hard, putting your body on the line, and then your the structure out wide just just lets you down. So that's my rant over. Yeah, but I guess I agree, but I guess I don't agree with you phrasing it that like that's okay. Like yeah, making big hits because you're a big bloke. It's not club rugby. Like you should be able to as a pack be able to defend more than one pass wider than you. Like, yeah, it's... it's, saying, it's um, saying like Williams, McNally, Yule, saying these guys defended well, it's, that's just not true, I don't think, Tom. Well, like, I, 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 I... No, I, so what, I guess what I'm saying is it's a bit, bit more of a nuanced point. So, obviously, putting your body on the line and, I mean, Ellis was walking like Igor at the end of the game because he was dragging he, his... He was along. He was, he was, he was, he was knackered. Yeah, but he was having to, he was having to work extra hard because he had second row or a hooker in the back row with him. Like it's, it's a, it's a balanced, you know, it's, the back row is all about balance. And he was playing with a prop at one point um, at, at flanker, a hooker as well, a second row. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely letting these guys off the hook, but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, well, obviously this is professional rugby, so it's expected that these guys put their body on the line. It's expected that these guys go to the mill every week. But we still should call it out and and commend it when when they do. And I think that I think that someone like particularly Charlie Yules, actually, I think although there's nothing he can do in the wide channels, and you know he's presiding over a very poor bath team, I think the individual like not bravery, but the individual courage he showed was was impressive, to be honest. <sighs> 64-7. Come on. Where, yeah. where, when do we get to this point? When 64-7 yeah. at home is acceptable and, and brave? But I think, I think I agree. And I think maybe I'm going insane, but I think it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I think that could have been... I think if we didn't... If we didn't... If we, did, we weren't nil-nil. So that's essentially a 65-minute game because it's nil-nil at 15 minutes. I think if they start strongly and we, we, we capitulate early doors... We could have been looking at eighty or ninety, even three figures there. I mean, they got to eighty-nine against against Montpellier with an injury depleted Bath bottom of the league. I think, I think, I genuinely think, even though you know we, we're breaking more records, you know, it's the first time a non-Italian team 
has conceded more than 50 points at home. It's the, the, big, the heaviest defeat ever in competitive rugby at the rec. I'm not saying it's a, the scoreline's awful and the stats are terrible, but I, I think both in terms of performance and result, I think that game could have been a lot worse. Yeah. It could have been, yeah. We're, we're at the point of insanity, G. We're on the precipice. I think you are. I think you certainly Maybe I am. Maybe I am. I think coming away, I think you went, and obviously we, we caught up after the game. Coming away from that feeling, feeling positive, I guess maybe I need to get to that point when I need, I need to need to feel like a back row making 19 tackles in a 64.7 defeats a warrior performance. But yeah, I think it's going to take, it's going to take a lot more for me to, to get to that point. And, and you've kind of reeled off a few of the stats, but yeah, Bath's most, Bath's most points conceded at home in the champions cup is 36. And we conceded 33 v Leinster in the first half, a first half, by the way, in which Johnny Sexton had to get them all together on the halfway line and completely, you know, shout, you know, for want of a better word, shout at them for, for being, you know, not very clinical and sloppy. A first half in which they've, they've put 33 on Bath. We, I, guess, I guess that is where we are. Um, but, but, it's, but for me, it's, it's still pretty difficult to take, despite, you know, I accept the, 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 the number of, the, the disruptions that we faced on, on the day, but, but I kind of hate that. I hate it's that. Difficult. It's, difficult. it's difficult to take. I'm just saying that we need to place it in the context of, of some of the points I've been saying around mm-hmm. Irish versus English rugby right now in this competition in terms of the injuries that we're suffering, in terms of players playing out of position. And I think in terms of the, not collective, because the collective is very poor, but the individual spirit that's being shown, I think, I think is commendable. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. And talking of, talking of Charlie Yule's, the, and talking about you know you mentioned the wreck being louder you know the allowed earlier definitely the loudest moment was his break I, I always love it when you see a, a front five forward find himself with the ball and just space in front of him and he he didn't really know what to do he just put his head down he was galloping away <laughs> that can't have been good for the lungs and um he he slings an offload away Max Clark does well to hold on to that as well it, it, you know, it's not it's not the easiest off road. It's not it's not easy to predict where that's going to go. So, yeah, I, I I enjoyed that moment. It was a bit of fun, and frankly, avoided the whitewash because I don't think we were going to score in conventional ways. Yeah, I, you know, I really don't want to kind of dampen your optimism because because I, I think it is pretty commendable, mate. So 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 maybe let let let's move off off, off all the negatives from this game and and the one positive that that I think I will be taking from this game is, is just the increase in confidence levels again of, of Orlando Bailey. You know, he's, he just looks so much more assured now, more confident with ball in hand. The England call-up has obviously increased that confidence naturally. Um, and to see where the guy was at the start of the season, to, to see where he is now, you know, only midway through the season, I think it's an incredible rise. And yeah, he, he, he really did have some nice glimpses and, and, and you took a nice photo, Tom, of the, the three quarters um, of, of Bailey, Ajoma and Redpath with, with, my ball, with my boy Will Butt on the wing as well. So, yeah, that, that was nice to see, I guess. I think Spencer was on the wing by that point, to be honest, G. But I think he, was, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, quite, he wasn't quite in shot. Ooh, cool, yeah, yeah, was, wasn't he? One point. Oh, it's bright. It's, I, you know, it, it did get to the point where it was... Who's you know because you, you don't you can't just you know you can't just check your phone or whatever really or the commentators 
aren't cluing you in. Not that I imagine they were doing that on BT. Wow. You know, we were we were we were trying to work out who's going where, why there's a, a prop coming back on for a second row. What what's going on? It's just it was all over the shop. And um, yeah, I think I think they only really played a couple of minutes in that kind of three quarters. Um, and that that after that picture I took where we were down near the twenty two. I thought we were going to see some lovely setup move or some, you know, some, some, some beautiful, you know, was it the playbook of dreams that we've, we've mentioned before, but it was, uh, it wasn't, it was, it was Orlando Bailey just sort of charged into contact, tried to bash it out the middle and got, got fairly, got fairly well knocked back. So we, we didn't see anything there, but yeah, I think it's just, again, it's just an exciting, exciting to see those guys line up and, you know, it, it shows that hopefully that the future, if, if the future's not bright, it's certainly you know, brighter than it, brighter than it is currently. Yeah. Oh, a, a couple of other things before we move on, maybe just, mm. just quick things. Darren Atkins, who's, you know, friend of the podcast, he, he was called up late with Tom Pretty pulling out. He's so a good, good to see him get back. I don't think he's played for a, a couple of years, first team rugby. So, you know, he's, he's obviously been unlucky with injuries. Um, yeah, just not, nice to see him back. And it was a shame that he wasn't able to get down the left wing to, to, to score when the, the ball the ball came loose. What else was I going to say? Oh, we had a, had a little conversation with Miles Reed after the game, who's, who's picked up a, a chest injury. And he reckons he's still six weeks away. So still still a little bit more time to, to wait from him. And I think, you know, he'd be someone that we'd, yeah. we, you know, we've, we've really been missing, particularly at the, at the breakdown. And what else was I going to say? I think that's about it. Yeah, it sounds like you had a good day. And yeah, I guess coming away from, from the wreck, sometimes you do feel a lot worse. But yeah, sometimes I think, you you know, you can kind of look at the positives of, of the situation. Yeah, Mars Reed's certainly a guy that we miss in terms of his mobility. Um, and and yeah, Darren Atkins, um, I can't believe that Tom, we've signed Tom Pretty to go in ahead of him. But, but anyway, I'm definitely biased on that one. Um, another tough day, Tom, for, for Bath, as I say, 64 to 7 um, loss losers. Uh, that knocks us out officially of the European Champions Cup. The, the, dream, the dream is over, unfortunately, for, for another season, but does put us into the European Challenge Cup. Um, not that we have a chance of winning it, but yeah, you know, the, the European season rolls on. Um, so, so we get to see that lovely European kit again I guess is yeah that's what I was going to say another run out in the grey and potentially as well so it, it looks like we're playing on the uh, in the in the, the challenge round of 16 as you say which I think is the 15th 16th 17th of April and we're not going to know our opponents until the week before so the mm-hmm. 10th of April but we know it's going to be an away game and it looks like it could be Edinburgh is the, is the one of you know the, the, most, the most likely pick so it could be yet another last minute European away day for, for, for the La Rochelle five. Edinburgh definitely I'd be keen for. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Good, good job, Bath. Get knocked out and let, let's get a nice unusual away day. Um, is there a Russian team in it? Let's really push the logistical barriers of this thing. <laughs> um, Tom, one bloke that, that may even feature for Bath in that round of 16 in the European challenge cup is Bath's latest signing at number eight. Nathan Hughes has joined on a short-term loan deal from rivals Bristol. The Nathan Hughes who this weekend turned out for Hartbury. So I'm clearly out of favour at Bristol for, for one reason or another. Um, what did you make of this long kind of rumoured for, for a little while now 
what did you make of this? Well, shall I just throw this back to you and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go make a cup of tea and come back in a couple of minutes. <laughs> no, it's, um, you know, when I saw the news, because the, the rumours that were going around was that it was going to be a signing for next season and beyond, which, you know, I, I don't see him as part of the, the Van Graan mould or part of, I don't see him as a, as a good strategic signing, given that he's probably fallen away from being a consummate professional um, you know that 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 maybe he was when he when he was playing for England. What was it, four, five, six years ago? So I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, this is a short term deal, and this is a this is a quick fix for, as I say, the the absolute torrent of back row injuries we've got. You know, I think we were down to seventh choice number eight by by my quick count yesterday. So at this point, we just need bodies to to fill the shirts. You know, we'll come on to Quinns. I think there's a real chance that we struggle to fulfill some of the premiership fixtures that are coming up if these if these uh um you know if these injuries continue or as bad as we think so i just see it as a as someone someone to fill fill the number eight shirt you know i don't i don't expect a, a whole lot from him but mm. we'll see yeah i mean i don't like the signing at all i don't like, i don't like the signing for two main reasons uh, you know firstly i don't i don't think i don't think he's very good anymore um, I, I watched him a lot at Bristol, and in Melbourne. Well, uh, yeah, well, and I, you know, I watched Bath Pack, and what they certainly don't need is another immobile back row. Ian. You know, there must be if we do need an, uh, another body, and fine, I accept that. And you're going to say who? But it is not my job to come up with who. There must be in the Premiership or somewhere in one of the leagues an out of favour back rower who um, offers more of a threat and is more mobile than Nathan Hughes. We do not need another big crashing ball carrier. That is not at all what this pack needs. Losing Bayliss, Reed, Kutsia, Mercer, Underhill. Losing these guys, we need to be replacing them with guys that can get around the park. And, and it seems just convenient because he plays for Bristol, but but that shouldn't have absolutely anything to do with it. Um, and yeah, I, I think watching him, he's nowhere near the player he was. And I, I just can't believe that, that they think this is the right thing to do. Because secondly... Why is Nair Merrigan not playing? If he takes minutes from Nair Merrigan, then it's just completely balmy. What are we doing here? We're not doing it. We're, there's no relegation. We're not going anywhere in any competition. Why on earth would you sign a guy on a short-term deal to take minutes away from an England under-20 number eight? And if that does happen, it will be the, you know, the Will Chudley of last season. I won't stop going on about it and it will just absolutely infuriate me. Well, he, is, so, he yeah, I, the, is he not away for the... Um, under 20s the juniors definitely pull rank on that I'm sorry if, if he's going to play premiership fixtures that's much better for his development than playing in England under 20 so he you know they need to be playing Merrigan and and, and, and if, if, if they don't want to play Merrigan then there's a better option than Hughes and it's just convenient because he's from Bristol Maybe. so I, I'm not happy I, I wasn't very pleased to see it um, in the slightest well, I think you described it as the the you know the worst thing that's happened all season. You you gonna you gonna have you calmed down? Have you calmed down a bit since then? I, I, to be honest, I, I understand your points. I, I I agree. I don't think he's he's. I think he's very very much past his prime. I don't want to see him taking minutes from Merrigan, as you say. But I do think we're at the point now where we just need to fill the twenty three. And then, then there may have been better options available. There there may not on such a such a such a you know a short notice. Thing. I mean, the fact that he lives nearby, it does help when you're trying to sign someone this week. So, I, I you know, I, 
I'm not that fussed about it to be honest. I, I don't expect I don't expect I don't expect too much from him. Um and I don't expect it to to continue past this season. I mean the rumour is he's he's going to London Irish, so yeah. Blimey, really? Yeah, yeah. Blimey. Just wants a heartbreak. He's playing is that it will be the third club that he's he's played for, so he's really uh really getting about. <laughs> getting about the local area for sure um, you know he may even feature Tom for Bath at the Rec against Harlequins on Friday night um, come on let's, I'm, I'm going to try and be a little bit more positive about this because I, I get the impression that I'm, I'm doing the listeners nutting a bit with my all my negativity and probably you Tom so apologies for that listeners um, Friday night lights at the Rec to face Harlequins um, and if their rugby is kind of anything to go by it should be an absolutely cracking game. Um, obviously, they're absolutely flying with, with, with last-minute victories at the moment. Um, but, Tom, with the England players missing for Harlequins, do, does that give us slightly more of a chance on Friday night? I don't think so, really. I mean, as you say, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, no, I kind I, I of sadly do expect more of the same. I mean, I, I, I genuinely am concerned that we're going to struggle to fulfill this fixture. I mean, I think possibly we, we, we will, we'll, we'll manage it, but if it were only a couple of COVID cases or whatever, away from having a pretty depleted squad, I mean, including the, the guys out for internationals and the injuries, I think the list is at 29. Now with the addition of Nathan Hughes and Valerie Morozov, the, the squad is up, the senior squad is up to 44. So that's 15 available if if we believe that you know it, you know kind of worst case scenario all those guys are injured. So the the bet the academy is going to feature very very heavily in this. And though Quinns are going to be missing kind of the spine of their team in um, who are the England guys Joe Marler, Alex Dombrand, Marcus Smith, Luke Northmore as well now. So although they're going to be missing those guys, they're still they're still a pretty pretty handy outfit. So it's yeah it's going to be very very difficult. You know, you you know this this Quinn's team a lot better than I do, and they've been they've been flying. I mean, it seems like who's the guy that's coming for Marcus Smith? I mean, he's not Marcus Smith, but he's he's been doing he's been doing a pretty good job when he, when he's been away. So it could be it could be a very very difficult night. And when I look at our our squad makeup now, back row is looking very very short. I mean, it looks like Tom Ellis, Tom, Tom Ellis may be the only guy available. To, to fill into that back row potentially or potentially Mike Williams could could fill in as well but they both looked knackered on Saturday it's only a six day turnaround fly half is the other one I mean with Orlando Bailey away we don't know the status of Tien Schumann and Danny Cipriani assuming that they're not going to be back for Friday we're also missing Cameron Redpath for Scotland so right. we'll have Redpath oh, he's there is he okay okay oh we'll win in that case then <laughs> yeah no yeah so, so the England players we cannot select but the other um, Six Nation Six Nation squad players we can select so oh, we can get Josh Bayliss there as well then so we'll have Bayliss well although okay. yeah, the, the, he did look to go off with quite a nasty HIA so so clearly TBC with that and, and Underhill the same will, will be in HIA protocol so so hopefully both of them will come through that fine you know no more so for their health but also for for the sake of this team on on Friday night, um, yeah, Tommy Allen, the, the the fly half, the Italian fly half, who's been filling in for for Smith at Quinns, and 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 I will say they they don't look the, the same, quite the same team without Marcus Smith. He he really is the the spark of that team, um, and they always seem to leave, to leave it really late, no matter almost who the competition is. So so that does give me a slight amount of hope. 
Um, and kind of almost this game reminds me a little bit of the other Friday night game that we've had at Bar at the Rec this season, which was the the Exeter Chiefs game. When when similarly we gave us absolutely no chance, and and despite Exeter probably not playing as well as they they have done, and and, and that was certainly at almost the low point of their season. We did front up relatively well in that game, and it came down to to the last ten minutes. So. Yeah, you know, maybe I, I give us slightly more of a chance this week just because of the disruptions that Quinns will have. Um, they clearly still have an extremely strong team. Esther Hazen at, at, in the centre is a fantastic player. Um, but yeah, may, maybe on a, on a Friday night, something weird might happen and, and, and maybe, you know, we'll be, we'll be the latest. I don't, I don't know, would you rather, Tom, would you rather lose this, you know, re- in really tough fashion you know, potentially controversially like Castro did at the death? Or would you rather them just coast and beat us by 20 points? Oh, tough fashion, for sure. <laughs> Fair. They're, they're, they're the Premier champions. If we, can, if we can show a good performance against them with the, 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 the team that we're realistically going to be fielding, I think, I think that can be, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll go away from that quite pleased. If we, get, if we get beaten, you know, 40, 50 points to nil or, or not a lot, I mean, we can't sink. We can't sink a whole lot lower, but the, the run of Premiership games is pretty hard. So if we if we come back into the Premiership now after you know European break and and get it handed to us in the first game, I mean the the, the next games aren't aren't getting a whole lot easier. So it could be could be it could be a long few weeks. Saracens away, Wasps away. Um, I think Leicester Leicester at home after that. So. <laughs> Sad luck. I think Neil, Neil, Neil Hatley said Neil Hatley said after the the game, Denise said. I think this is the low point. It can't get lower. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think we've got a way to go. Yeah. How many times, how many times have we said that this season that, you know, it can only get better from here. Um, at one point we're going to be right, but yeah, I, maybe, maybe not this week. Certainly maybe not after the, the length, the length the Leinster game. No. I've got two, unless you've got anything else to say about Quinn's two points, kind of any other business. That's all right. Mm. So the first, the first one was, by far the, the game I've enjoyed most over the weekend and probably for the next few weeks, for the last few weeks, with the, or probably all season actually, with the exception of the, the Worcester win, obviously, was watching Munster dismantle Wasps at, at Toman Park on, on Sunday. And I, I think I tweeted out that it really, the defence that they showed kind of warmed the, the cockles of my heart because it was just brutal. It was, it was inevitable. Wasps got close and they just, they just, the red wall on the line was impressive. And I know obviously their squad is very fresh. As I said with Leinster, they've got a very, very, you know, top players in amongst that team and you, you need that to do it. But they're clearly very, very well coached. And I, I, I just thought it was, it was, it was incredibly impressive. And if we can, if we can channel some of that into next season, then I think it will, it, it's going to make a real difference. And the scrum as well, G, they've got, the, the stat this season they haven't lost a ball the ball or conceded a penalty on their own ball this season in all competitions Shame Graham, Graham Roundtree's not coming with old yeah it is but I mean they. in other words I, I do think they're just a bit of a, a sort of a bit of, they're turning into a bit of a brutal team and that's been you know under under under, under what's happened with with, with Johan Van Gran and you can talk about it not being flash it not being it not being flair give me that all day <laughs> Yeah, our boy JP seems to be running a, a pretty tight ship in 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 Munster. 
Well, he might be, and he might have some 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 fellow mutineers that that are going to jump ship with him. In addition to to JP Ferreira, have you, you seen the, the rumor? I think it was today or yesterday, potentially of of Damien Dialonde leaving leaving Munster to to well, he's his contracts up. He's he's had offers from Japan apparently, and there's also now a rumor that that Bath have have approached him. For me, that is. I'd pay him pretty much whatever he wants. I mean, you talk about make. Honestly, I'd make, I think he's one of the best centers in the world. He's exactly the mold of center that has done so well at, at Quinns, and we'll see that on Friday. I think with Andreas Days, and he knows Van Graan, etc. Very well. For me, he'd be the perfect guy. Despite international call-ups, he'd be the perfect guy. I think that I'd I'd, I'd want I'd want to come with. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But Will Butler, the English deal, Andy. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I think he'd be, you know, he'd be a good person to learn from for sure. Yeah. And then obviously, in, in terms of the centres, I mean, I think a few people asked sort of what would be happening with with Cam Redpath and, and Mac Tajoma. I mean, the reality is that you're always going to need backups. You're always going to need to 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 change things up. Ajoma seems to be fitting into that 13 shirt. Well, I don't see why Cam Redpath couldn't couldn't do that as well. So. They're guys that I think can kind of, with their skill sets, can kind of fit into any style of play that a coach wants to play. So I wouldn't be too 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 worried about those guys, to be honest. But Dialonde would be would be, I think, a bit of a bit of a cherry on top, to be honest, of of the monster cake that we we we're having next season. Yeah, red velvet cake. Yeah, with with Damien Dialonde, quite a big cherry, certainly on top. Yeah, that I agree. I mean, I'd almost be happy to contribute to his wages to, to get posting. <laughs> um, that, that would be such a, a shrewd bit of business as you say knows Van Gran and Ferreira so so well and, and, and is just such an influential player in that in that Munster team and, and whilst that three quarters line does look really exciting I think at times against some of the bigger teams it can look a touch lightweight um, and yeah to firm that up with with Dialande would be yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, at this point, it does seem like a pipe dream, but yeah, a lot of things have seemed to have gone gone kind of our way. You know, it sounds like Anthony Watson might even resign. So, yeah, yeah. I think things may be turning turning right for Bath off the field, if not on the field, uh, in twenty twenty two. Tom, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you as ever for your um, for your positivity at this time. I think I really needed that, and hopefully, some of the Bath fans who were, were feeling a little bit down in the dumps, like myself. Um, have been brought back by your positivity certainly thin from me thick from you this week so yeah appreciate that and thank you very much for listening listeners um, as I say at the start please do follow us on social media at Bath Rugby Plug um, and review the podcast rate the podcast and as, as more importantly than ever as we go through this difficult time together share it with your mates and stick behind the boys through thick and thin <laughs>